0: Hi, this is Dominic Kearns with the Rising As One podcast. Before we begin, I'd love to thank several sponsors. I'd like to thank the Beautiful Game Network first. You can find all their stuff at bgn.fm. They're responsible for getting many great USL podcasts out, so please give them a look. Also go to firebirdsoccer.net. This is the new website for our former Firebird Rising coverage. So you can find all sorts of great coverage for Phoenix Rising FC and other soccer-related news in the state of Arizona, all at firebirdsoccer.net. And lastly, we would like to thank Roughneck Scarves. Roughneck Scarves is a uh, sponsor for, you know, MLS teams, USL teams, all sorts of other stuff. So go to Roughneck Scarves and find a scarf today. And now let's get on to the show. Oh, 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 oh. Hello and welcome to the Rising as One podcast. This is Dominic Kearns here with Jeff Went and Kyle Mackey. How are you guys doing today?
1: Oh, I'm doing great today, Dominic. Uh, you know, great week uh, overall for the club and great week uh, helping out with uh, some things in the standings and we're right where we need to be at the moment.
2: Yeah, yeah. I mean, it, it was kind of weird not having a match on Saturday yesterday. I didn't really know what to do with my evening But, um, I mean, it was a great, great match this week. Great win on uh, Wednesday. And, I mean, overall, I think that's the performance we've been uh, wanting to see. And to get it on the road at St. Louis, a team that we talked about, they're strong defensively, you know, it was just a great game.
0: Yeah, absolutely. Um, Especially, I didn't even see the first half, so I just – like Turn it on in the 50th minute, and I see we're up 2-0 already. And then going on Twitter, finding the goals, uh, you really couldn't ask for anything better.
1: That's definitely true. Yeah, you couldn't really ask for anything better. I mean, a couple of, of wonderful strikes, and we'll get to those in a few minutes.
0: For sure. Before we start, I think, Jeff, you had some pretty big news to share. <laughs>
1: Yeah, uh, for, for those of you listening to the podcast, uh, and this will come out obviously on Monday, uh, go to the USL League website on Tuesday, and uh, there you go to the uh, USL Pick'em section. And for this upcoming week uh, worth of games, uh, yours truly will be the uh, media pick. For this week's games, Uh, it's great of uh, Patrick Height of uh, USL Communications to uh, reach out to me last week and and see if I'd be interested in in being involved in this, and and uh, sent me all the information, and uh, I've picked all the games this week, and we'll see where it goes.
0: (laughs) And just so people are clear, this is going to be for the upcoming slate of games, the majority of which are on Saturday the ninth right
1: that is that is correct yeah there's a there's a game on tuesday or i'm sorry there's a game on monday there yeah and then the rest of the slate is on saturday so so definitely definitely be an interesting week to see how things go
0: yeah yeah looking forward to it yeah that's that's awesome i mean it's I
2: think it's great that you're being recognized by the USL Jeff so uh, congratulations to you and hopefully you can uh, do the rising pod proud
1: Yeah, I hope to do the pod well and some interesting eh, there'll be a few interesting choices you'll see in there but uh, You know with this week, I mean this week's slate of matches really wasn't too too crazy So, you know, you can see a lot of results going one way or another but you know a couple interesting ones that kind of caught my eye So so we'll see how it rolls Should be
0: fun. Um, One other housekeeping thing before we get into the St. Louis analysis. We are doing a live show on June 17th. I just have to iron out the details. But by the time you guys are listening to this, those details should be ironed out. It will be Sunday, June 17th. We are almost a hundred percent sure it's going to be the Arizona sports complex. Um, And this is going to be a cool event. We're Working together with the great people from Phoenix Rising FC fan show. Um, so we'll be doing a live a live podcast. We'll be using their video stuff, so we'll hope to have it live streaming. And we're gonna do it up at the soccer complex immediately following the Germany-Mexico game. And so the hope is that all the concessions will be open, including um, beer and other drinks for people uh, to enjoy during that match. And then we'll just go straight from the Germany-Mexico match into our show at 10 a.m. And we'll have two matches to recap that week. So that should be really exciting. Uh, Just got to iron out the details there. And then another thing, we are finally selling t-shirts. It's taken a while, but I think we're at the point where we found a great distributor. And we're ready to get things rolling on that front. So... Just look for news in the next few days for information about ordering those t-shirts. We'll be sharing it on the Twitter page at RisingPod on Twitter and through other platforms too. So if you, if you want them, it won't be too hard to figure out how to make it happen. And I have to say, they are cool designs.
1: <laughs> they are very nice designs and you guys will, you guys will definitely like them.
2: Yeah, yeah, they're sweet, Dominic. I mean, you did you did a great job designing them, and I'm excited to uh, to get one for myself.
0: Oh, definitely, definitely, got to rock it. Um, yeah, got to represent. <laughs> Jeff, I think the time has come to uh, take us through this great three-one win on Wednesday over St. Louis.
1: Yeah, let's let's go over this three-one win from from Wednesday night. Uh, interesting to see that uh, Carterone goes back to the three. Three defenders in the back i, I think like we've discussed uh, on a couple of different occasions i think it's going to depend on the the opponent that they play and what he's seen on tape to be able to take advantage of it so i think you know seeing that that st louis had some gaps which we obviously saw you know he, he was able to exploit those using the three-man back uh went with uh Mike Defont, Joe uh, James Musa, Joe Joe Farrell in the back three, uh, with a with a middle four of Amadou Dia, Kevon Lambert, Gladson Awako, and Cody Wakasa, and then up top you had Solomon Asante, Chris Cortez, Jason Johnson. Um, wow, you, you can't ask for a better start than what you had. I mean, it really just the you know the first five or six minutes was really just you know a feeling out, you know, moving the ball around quite well, and it was a simple. And it was a simple little uh, interception in the middle of the park. Real innocent play. Uh, Asante slots, you know, I'm sorry, Gladstone Waco slots the ball up to Chris Cortez. And wow, what a rocket from 30 yards out. I mean, this is definitely uh, definitely goal of the week material. Um, just a, a beautiful cracker to the upper ninety, and uh, you know goalkeeper had no chance whatsoever. And even in the early editions of Sports Center on Wednesday night, it had been a it, it had been a part of Sports Center's top ten. So it's great to even see that from Chris Cortez. But wow, guys, what a strike to get the match started!
0: Yeah, no kidding. That's a rocket, and uh, it ended up making Sports Center top ten at number six that night. Um, I mean, here's the thing. I think that when Cortez is in form, he might be our best striker. Um, he definitely like, it's amazing because there are a few players with like a bigger, a bigger gap between being in form and not being informed than Cortez. Like when he's in form, it's insane. He gets a hat trick. He'll put in really important goals. And, it's very tough when you're a striker; those things can happen. You can be in and out of form pretty frequently. It can be kind of a roller coaster ride. But when he's in form, he takes those chances. He does not screw around, and he puts in some pretty nice goals, some bangers. And this is just the latest example of that. Uh, I, I mean, if he can if he can do stuff like that, I think we'll be just fine without Drogba with the next month. Absolutely,
2: Dominic, and I mean, I I think that it's kind of something that being an Arizona United and a Phoenix Rising fan, I've we've seen the progression of Chris Cortez. You know, I think he's he's I mean, he had a solid season last year, but I think he's improved quite a bit this offseason on his finishing. And I mean, now yeah, we're seeing these kinds of strikes that I mean, it, able to make the the Sports Center top ten. Um, and I think for Phoenix Rising, I mean, we keep getting these kinds of you know wonder goals so just to see that kind of quality goal early on in the match i think that really set the tone and i mean for cortez to to get a goal and uh you know in his first start in a couple of matches i think that that's going to be you know great for him and hopefully his form will continue
1: yeah i hope that form does continue well, we move on through the uh through the through the first half and you know, not a whole lot of real big action. I mean, you did see Jason Johnson try to get across into Cortez uh, in the 12th minute. It just missed him on the back post. Um, you know, first real attempt from St. Louis comes in the 18th minute uh, from Corey Herzog, who just missed on the left-hand side. Uh, Solomon Asante had gotten a shot off in the 20th minute. Um, you know, Cortez had another attempt, uh, 28th minute, that went over the top. Uh Great save by Carl Wazinski uh, in the thirty seventh minute. Corey Hertzog got a shot on goal. Carl made the save. Um, and then uh, Carl Wazinski had to make a second save on a rebound. Uh, you know, that went out for a corner kick. great, great save on on that one by Carl Wazinski. came out, uh, met his man, uh, uh, took away you know the angles and everything it was you know that was probably one of Carl's best efforts you know, by far this season uh, was that save right there. Um, interesting that, I mean, granted you had the water break, but to see five minutes of added time in the first half really kind of surprised me. I, I could have understood two, you know, for that water break, but there really wasn't a lot of injury stuff. So I'm, I, I kind of questioned why there was five minutes you know, to to wrap up that first half, but it was, you know, and so, you know, a little bit of extra time, but you get to the half one, nothing, you know, solid 45 on the road, which you always expect from a, you know, from a road first half. um, But, but, but a good effort from the boys nonetheless.
0: Yeah, definitely. Um, Again, I didn't see the first half, so I can't really add too much. Kyle, did you have a chance to see that?
2: Yeah, yeah, I've watched the first half, and I'm with you, Jeff. I, I was kind of surprised to see as much um, stoppage time as there was. I mean, five minutes, yeah, it was an awful, awful lot. Um, I mean, I think that from a Phoenix Rising standpoint, you know, a lot of teams will push going into halftime to try to equalize. So I think we were able to just, you know, kind of uh, hold our lines and go into halftime 1-0, and, you know, that's that's all you can ask for.
1: Yeah, definitely on the road, you know, you know, y- y- your your goal obviously is to get into the half, at least at least scoreless or if you're not scoreless, you're at least tied, you know, cuz you you know, you know, common common sense says you at least try to grab the point on the road, but you know, I think like, you know, like we'd said, you know, this was a group that was hungry for a win because, you know, you're coming off a an open cup loss and and then two straight losses in the league, and you could just sense you know, just by the first half effort alone, that uh, you know Patrice Carterone really got into the guys. You know, during their 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 days off between you know the the Sporting Kansas or the I'm sorry the Swat Park Rangers match and then Wednesday's match against uh, St. Louis, you could really definitely see a difference in the boys. You know, a little bit bigger pep in the step. Um, you know, more control of the play. Um, But, yeah, you could definitely see that by far.
0: And credit to uh, Carl Wazinski for that double save in the 37th minute uh, when a great pass put Corey Herzog in one-on-one with him, and Carl just came up big and stopped that first shot and stopped the rebound too. Those were both goal-bound, but Carl did well to be big and make those saves.
1: Yeah, two great huge saves by Carl And Like I said, I think that's two of Carl's better saves that he's made all year long. So, so we'll move into the second half of play now, and just like the just like the the first half, what a what a start to the second half! You get a quick foul, uh, four minutes in, right outside the box, you know, about twenty to twenty-five yards out. And guys, we talked about this part too. We wondered who was going to be that type of person that could step up and take that sort of kick when, when drug was going to be gone in the next month. I think we may have found our answer. What a strike by Solomon Asante to put it and make it two nil, uh, four minutes into the second half. I mean, that was just an absolute beautiful curler over the wall. And, uh, Gomez had no chance at it whatsoever, made it 2-0. I mean, your thoughts on Solomon Asante's free kick there? Just filthy.
2: (laughs) (laughs) Yeah, I mean, he would have made Drogba proud, I think. I mean, yeah, I I mean, after seeing that, like you said, I don't think we need to worry as much about who our free kick taker is going to be. I think we found him. I mean, Solomon Asante, I think so far this season he's probably been our player of the year because i mean he just steps up it seems like uh anytime something's asked of him so i mean just great great to see him get involved early on and i mean to to be up two to know early on in the second half i think then i was a little bit more comfortable watching the match i was thinking okay one more and we close this match out so it was a uh, it was great to see that free kick from solo Menasante.
1: yeah it definitely was, and you could definitely see the the tone of the game. You know, as soon as Asante makes that goal, you could definitely see the tone of the game really changed. I mean, the struggles for St. Louis of trying to create things—they just couldn't do a whole lot because Phoenix had sat back and put themselves in a very good defensive position for the most part. You know, throughout the majority of the second half, um, you know, a couple a couple of efforts you know, Cortez gets, gets that shot, you know, in the 64th minute that goes just over. And then, you know, everybody was questioning this goal, but, you know, Jason Johnson getting his, you know, in the, in the uh, 68th minute, it was, you know, what a, what a, what a pass by Amadou Dia to get it to him. And, and Jason Johnson just, buries it past Gomez and makes it 3 nothing. I mean, yeah, I think you knew at that point, once they put the third one in the back of the net, I think you knew the three points were safe, really, at that point.
0: Well, it certainly seemed that way at the time. Uh, there were a couple couple moments that made you wonder later in the match, but yeah. uh, at that point, you're thinking 3-0 is going to be pretty automatic, and it ended up being fairly comfortable.
2: Yeah yeah, I did. but I mean, that that Jason Johnson goal, I mean, for for me, what I loved the most about that was the buildup. You know, I think I think I saw online our team strung together. I think it was like nine passes before that. And you know, just to see uh, so many players getting touches on the ball and being able to combine for a quality goal like that and to finish off our uh, you know scoring three goals, you know, that's always a big deal to get that many in one match. So yeah, I mean, it wasn't like Dominic said. I think that St. Louis had some chances, but it still was a uh, comfortable match for Phoenix Rising.
1: Yeah, that it was. And then the uncomfortable moment that that Dominic brings up is comes in the 74th minute, as St. Louis just subs in Seth Rudolph to replace former Arizona United star Kadeem Dakers. Uh, they they get a corner kick, and uh, Lewis Hilton hits it from the from the corner. And here comes a running Seth Rudolph right to the back post and nails a beautiful header uh, past Carl Wazinski. Carl had no chance of getting to it. And boy, was Carl mad at his defenders. And I couldn't tell if it was Musa, Farrell, or if it was somebody else that just missed the marking. But boy, you don't give somebody like Seth Rudolph that much room to run and nail something like that. And that, boys, I don't blame Carl for being mad at this one. You don't let that happen.
2: No, and from what I saw, it was James Musa who he. It looked like you know he he just wasn't marking Seth Rudolph, just kind of let him by, just watched yeah. him, and I mean that was just a great header. And I mean, if I'm Carl Wazinski, yeah, I would be furious with James Musa because I mean that's his man and you know when somebody gets a great header like that it's gonna to be tough for any goalkeeper to just to try to get a touch so um, if the fact that he was unimpeded by any defender just made it that much easier and I mean we all know Carl lazinski loves his clean sheets and I know he was not happy to lose it right there
0: yeah I mean and it does it does raise some questions now because this is uh second time in three games where like a fairly harmless long ball is played, and Musa doesn't mark his man, and it ends up resulting in a goal. Thankfully, we were up 3 nil this match, so it doesn't really matter too much. But um, I, for me, the thing is, when Musa is engaged, he is an absolute unit out there. He is a great player, so tough to deal with. But I don't see that focus all the time. I feel like sometimes it's just something switches off or something. And. You saw it on that play for sure.
1: Yeah, definitely, for sure. So, and another tense moment comes in the 82nd minute off a free kick from from, uh, from James Hilton, and Carl Wazinski makes another great save on a on a play there. Uh, then uh, Johnson gets a shot off in the 83rd that's saved by Gomez. Uh, then uh, Culberson gets a shot on Carl Wazinski in the 84th minute. That that Carl has to make a save. Lambert gets a late shot off in the in the eight in the eighty ninth. Um, then you know now now that I look back at it and I'm looking at the 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 recap from USL, you know they they added six minutes on in the second half. You know I, I can see where at least four of it was because they had a delay for Gladson owakos injury. They had a delay in the seventy seventh. Uh, you know, for injury there that lasted almost three minutes. They had two minute delay, you know, in the seventies. So I, you know, when I was watching it originally, I kind of questioned why there was six minutes of added time, but I see why now there, there was, you know, going back over everything. Um, But, you know, see the boys finish it out three, one break the, the two game uh, league losing streak and the three game losing streak overall uh, puts, puts, puts them right back on the right track again and and obviously this is a huge a huge win not only for the standings it's a huge win to get the confidence back and it's a huge win to give them now this 10 day period where they have you know the chance to not only get healed up but also gives them the opportunity to get rested and really be ready for, for next Saturday's match against Sacramento
0: yeah, hundred percent agree there. Um, that Sacramento one could be a big opportunity because we are going to have all that rest, and they're a good team, but they're not—they're definitely beatable at home. Um, my takeaway from this win is: this was well a couple. The first one is it was really nice that Carl was in goal tonight because he made several very important saves. That you know, granted Lubin did make the one you know, the couple good saves at the end last week against Swope, but he, I don't know if he would have made some of the saves that Carl came up with today to deny Herzog twice in the first half to deny, um, uh, Hilton a couple times towards the end of that match. Uh, he was very consistently making big plays to keep us comfortable in that match. It definitely could have been a different one. Had he not been in net because St. Louis did get seven shots on target. Um, actually more shots on target than we did. We only had six. Um, but this is an impressive win because I think I think it was a well-played match by both teams. Sometimes you'll you'll beat a team pretty well, but the other team maybe doesn't play that hard, maybe doesn't play that well. But St. Louis actually showed pretty good spirit, and they kept fighting, and they kept coming at us until the final whistle. And, you know, despite that, we just kept building on that lead. We didn't sit back and try to hold on. We were up 1-0. And I think that's cool to see.
2: Yeah, it was, especially on the road. You know, um, We haven't always seen that in the past. So to go out there and see the fight from the team, get get a goal early in the first half, get a goal early in the second half, and then just have that uh, team goal for the third one, that was just awesome. Um, one thing I will say, I don't know if, if you guys caught this, but that uh, Evan Waldrip offsides goal,
0: Oh yeah. From my view,
2: he was on sides and was he looked for his first professional goal. I don't know about your guys opinion. I'm gonna, not going to speak for you, but he in my opinion that was a goal. So, um for Evan, if you're listening, man, that's a tough one, but just keep persevering and you'll get one eventually. It'll happen.
1: <laughs> you know, again, he, he finds a great situation late in the match, you know, you're 3-1 up, you're you're definitely in control. You know he made some good plays, and obviously I agree with you. I thought he was onside and and had a goal in the back. You know, unfortunately, you know the referees didn't see it that way. But uh, but you know again another solid effort for Evan coming off the bench. You know, making some good plays. You know he can't 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 fault his effort again for another week.
0: Yeah, I didn't get to see that, but I was. I was like listening to the uh, Spanish broadcast at the end there, and they were saying the same thing. They're like, "That's not all sides." Like, they were pretty upset about it. But, um, yeah, he'll he'll have more chances for sure. And I love the energy that Walter brings to the team in the last. Whenever he gets a chance, whether it's the open cup, and you've seen him as a late match sub several times. I mean, he. He provided a spark in that Reno match that we won 1-0 when he came on as a late sub. He provided a spark against St. Louis, you know, potentially scoring a goal, probably should have had a goal. Um, just if if you ever have a chance to start him, do it. Like, I think it's tough because there's so many players, but every time we see him on the pitch, he's doing good things. So I want to see more of that. <laughs>
1: Yeah. I want to see more of it too. I mean, he just, he, he presents just that, like you said, he presents that little bit of energy that gets everybody going. And it seems like it changes things up a little bit. And, and I love that from, you know, when you can see things like that, you know, give him more of an opportunity. I don't care if it's you know like you said he, most of the times he has been a late sub but give him 20 25 30 minutes let's let's see him get a good run out there and see what he can really do i mean you really can't complain with with what he's done so far
2: no you can't and i mean to see it I, if to me it seems like you know he's he's maybe had a little bit of pressure on him but not much and the, the phoenix rising staff you know they've They've given him opportunities, I think, which has built up his confidence. And, I mean, he's he's taking great chances when he's had those opportunities. So, yeah, I, I, too, would like to see him, you know, maybe get substituted on in the 65th minute or the 60th minute and get 25, 30 minutes. I think that we'll start to see more and more progression from him. And, yeah, I mean, I hope that uh, getting that goal called off just makes him hungrier for more goals in the future.
1: Yeah, yeah definitely.
0: Maybe one small talking point. I mean, I know there's always the saying, if it ain't broke, don't fix it. Um, And the only sub in this match is because Iwako had to come off a little bit early with the injury in the 85th. But, I mean, up 3-0, I feel like that would be a time to make maybe a couple subs, give some guys rest. But I guess the way that uh, Coach Carderon was seeing it, you don't have another match for 10 days so everyone can go the full 90. I guess I was just surprised not to see more subs
1: no i I agree with you i was kind of a little surprised too and like you know we had said you know they had just come off a match saturday where they lost one nothing to swill park rangers so you're figuring there's a few guys out there that you know that really aren't you know maybe in the best to go a full 90 minutes you know would have been wise to make a change or two but obviously you know like you said Carter Rome probably felt if it's not broke at this point why change it and and let's just run with them and like you said 10 days off now everybody really has a chance to rest and get you know get ready for the next match
2: yeah it was it was kind of disappointing not to see the substitutions that you know I think normally we would see but i think um like you said Carterone. i mean we have these 10 days off and i think he just wanted to to close out that match and get that win and um being that it was 3-1 st louis was kind of fighting back and trying to to maybe pull off a draw or something so um i mean it's it's not the worst time to uh to put in some substitutions but i mean if we were cruising 4-0 i think definitely then we would have seen more subs
0: Yeah, well, in any case, uh, good win. Do you guys have any last thoughts about that match?
1: Uh, I think we're good to move on.
2: Yeah, no, it's good win, and, you know, we move forward.
0: Move forward we do, and our next match comes against Sacramento Republic. Uh, this is a Sac Republic side that uh, was coming off a loss going into their match against Orange County, but they play a tough match with OC, get a penalty kick goal, and ride it out for a 1-0 win. That puts them into a tie for second place. We have them on goal differential, but I believe that's how it's going to stay up until next Saturday. Uh, There are no midweek matches for Sacramento next week, so it'll be both teams on 24 points with the same 7-3 and 3 record going into that match. Um, Guys to keep an eye on from Sac Republic, the obvious guy is Josh Cohen, our keeper for last season and a keeper that some feel should still be in a rising kit. Uh, other guys to keep your eye on, uh, Kamawasa and uh, Ilyan Bijev have been very good for them. Um, also, Jeremy Hall, the goal scorer in this match, and Wilson Nishaw.
1: Yeah, we, we, we definitely know what we get with this Sacramento club. And obviously, you know, just playing them two weeks ago is obviously a big, you know, a big point too. I mean, they you know they came in here and embarrassed us in our building. Uh, you know, so I'm sure that will obviously be in the back of the minds of the guys. Um, I won't give away my result. Is I you know I'll let you guys go check it out on uh, on uh, the USO website when it when it gets published tomorrow. But uh, uh, I, I definitely. Am looking for a result. We'll put (laughs) it that way. We're definitely looking for a result. So, you know, yeah, let's, Yeah. let's 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 just say. Well, let's let let's just say a result being. At least a point. (laughs) (laughs) Just to uh,
2: not give anything away. Not
1: to give anything away there.
2: (laughs) I I was just going to say, Dominic, I think the one benefit about this match being so close to our loss against Sacramento at home is the taste of defeat should still be fresh in the players' mouths. I think that they should come into this match with a bit of a chip on their shoulder and, you know, not be – happy with what happened last time out against this team and hopefully they can embarrass them in their home field so I think that's one benefit is that they should uh should remember that clearly but I mean we need to see a very strong performance I think that this is probably the most probably the most important match so far just being that we're neck and neck with Sacramento in the standings and we all know As the season closes, the Western Conference top four can be really tight. So I think that this match, you know, it could definitely have implications later on in the year. So if if we could just pick up, as Jeff said, anything, even just share a point with them, I think that's going to be a huge result. But, I mean, personally, I want to see us go out there and get the win because I was not happy with how we lost to them at home 3-1. So uh, I would love to see us go there and take it to them at their home.
0: Yeah, it's uh, it's gonna be a finely poised match. Sacramento is not a team that blows teams out too often, and they're not a team that gets blown out really ever. Um, so I would expect this one, uh, to be pretty pretty close. I would expect it to be tied nil nil at halftime, unless some team can sneak a goal in the first half. Um, I think I think I'm with Jeff. I think it's gonna be a draw. I think I could read through Jeff's unofficial <laughs> prediction there. And uh, I, think, I think that's a pretty fair result. It feels that way. I would give the nod to Sac Republic if we both were on regular rest. But I think having those extra three days will help us. Plus, you know, the sting of defeat will help too. Um, but And if, if we were playing another team on the road, I think we could get the win. But Sac Republic is a t- stiff opponent at home. And I would expect there to be some late drama in this one. I'm going to say it's a draw, but it would not surprise me either way if a late goal makes a difference.
1: Yeah, no, I agree with you there. You know, like you said, Sacramento, very strong at home uh, 4 one and one at home this season. So, you know, they, they, they definitely, have, they, they take care of their, their business uh, there at Papa Murphy's park in, in Sacramento, you know, one of the, one of the better facilities in all of USL and, you know, I've, I've, visited there a couple of times just seeing it uh you know but you know a great facility they have over there and and uh you know can't can't wait to see uh the boys put on a solid effort there this week
2: yeah and I'm with you guys I think I think a draw is the realistic result um hopefully like Dominic said hopefully there's a late goal and we're on the right side of it but um we'll just have to see I mean papa Papa Murphy's Park has always been a a tough place for Phoenix Rising. So, you know, you can't expect the world, but I do think a result is definitely possible given that we have those extra days of rest.
0: For sure. Uh, this is going to be... I don't know how I'm going to deal with this situation either because I'm going to be out of town. My friend is getting married um, in New York, so I'm going up for that, and I'm very likely not going to be available to watch this and I don't know whether I should just do a social media blackout and then just watch it early in the morning the next day or what, but um, you guys will have to cover, cover me on this one, but it should be a very (laughs) fun match.
1: Yeah, it should be a very fun match. So, all right, with that said, let's, uh, let's, Kind of move into the week in review for the Western Conference for this past week. Uh, we've kind of touched on the Sacramento result from from Tuesday, uh, the one nothing loss at uh, Salt Lake uh, City at Real Monarchs. Just briefly, w- uh, well, we'll we'll talk. Actually, we'll talk about the the, the Real Monarchs stuff uh, when we get to the league news in a minute. I'll, I'll leave that there. Um, other results on Saturday that that were of interest. Um, Reno beat Oklahoma city two to one. Here's a result that kind of caught our eyes guys, especially the way Portland Timbers two has been playing. They take a two, one loss up at, uh, up at San Antonio. Um, it was, it was a first half goal by August. I'm sorry. A second half goal early by Augustine Williams that got them the lead, but two late second half goals in the last five minutes plus stoppage time, one from uh, Wayne Omar-Golden, and then the second one from Alex Bruce in the 93rd minute. Gets San Antonio three big points and keeps Portland Timbers from moving up the uh, standings. What what'd you guys think?
0: That's got to be some scenes in San Antonio. The tweets I saw coming out of there were uh, very reminiscent of us coming back for that 4-3 win over Los Dos. Uh, Looked like a special, special atmosphere and the ultimate turn of events because you're going into those final 5 minutes. Timbers 2 are up 1-0. Um they scored in the 50th minute. So then they're just hanging on for dear life and they all they almost get there and then finally Sac- San Antonio ties it. But even then you're still thinking all right, it's going to end in a draw. And then the 93rd minute um Bruce, Alex Bruce comes through with a big goal and What a huge result for San Antonio because if that match ends 1-0 to Timbers, now they're three points out of the eighth spot. They're in 10th or 11th place. A couple teams past them. Almost everyone in that race for the last couple spots won over the weekend. And so that would have been a terrible result for San Antonio. And instead, they come back and they get it at the end. Um, This is definitely a statement win, a very resilient win for this team and maybe it's the thing that kickstarts them into better form. If I'm a Timbers 2 supporter, I I really wouldn't be too upset about how this went. It's frustrating because you were winning for almost the entire second half and playing hard, but they're still a young team. They're going to grow from that experience and you know, I don't I don't really see this you know f- impacting them for a long time. I think they played well enough to beat a lot of teams. It's just San Antonio kept finding a way just pounding chipping away and they found it right at the end 20 shots six on target for san antonio versus four and only one on target for timbers too so and then i think the possession was 67.7 percent to 32.3 so you definitely see this match playing out like a smash and grab and then right at the death san antonio says no we're gonna take this one
2: yeah I I think that I mean a huge win for San Antonio especially at home as far as Timbers too I mean it they've already accomplished so much just being where they are right now you know from last season so I mean these defeats will happen and we were talking about it last week I think that a San Antonio slow start to the season but I think over time we've seen them that they're they're working their way back and um I mean, for them, this was a huge, huge win to get them up near the playoffs, and I think, I think this will continue. Just to see the resolve from them. Um, I mean, I, I didn't watch that match, but I'm sure it was a great one to watch. I bet the, uh, the atmosphere was probably pretty wild.
1: I'm, I'm sure it was up there. Well, here's another interesting result in the Western Conference, guys. Uh, you know, uh, uh, they lose 3-1 to to Phoenix Rising on Wednesday, but they turn around on Saturday night. And St. Louis gets a 2 nothing win over Swope Park Rangers. Wow, what a surprise there. Uh, First-half penalty goal from Corey Herzog. Then it was a red card in the 69th minute uh, to Bram Rebellion of Swope Park Rangers. He picked up a second yellow, which earned him the red. And then uh, uh, playing up a man, uh, Joey Calistri scores in the 77th minute to give uh, St. Louis a big three points over Swope. And wow. Wow. Uh, that's kind of a surprising effort to me especially the way and like and like you said Dominic before we got on the art on the air you weren't too impressed with the one nothing victory over us last week that's what put together and now they, they they follow that up with a two nothing loss uh to st Louis you know you you see some concerns there I mean yeah they,
0: they haven't been playing that well the last couple months but I think they're fine. They're gonna make the playoffs. They'll end up in like the fourth or fifth seed and just do typical Swope Park things in the playoffs. I, I I I don't know. It's maybe a tough run of form for them, but we saw this last year in stretches, and then they they'll go through a few tough weeks, but then they'll put three wins together in a row. So, um, it's a good win for St. Louis. I think it's probably deserved because they lost three matches in a row and. I thought they played pretty hard against us and, you know, we got two absolute cracker goals, but otherwise they played really hard and, you know, if I was looking at it from their perspective, it would be unfortunate to lose so, conv- so strongly when you had that kind of an effort. So good to see them come back, keep that uh, strong effort and get a big win.
2: Yeah, I think it was, it was about time that St. Louis, you know, had something fall their way and they, they definitely earned it. As far as Swope, I mean, they're one of those teams that, yeah, I mean, they always seem to find themselves in the postseason. And then when it, it gets to the postseason, you know, they're able to just turn it on and and uh, somehow always make that Western Conference final. So it'll be, it'll be interesting to see this season, how it goes. I think that, uh, I think that they'll definitely make playoffs and they'll be a tough team to break down. Hopefully uh, Phoenix doesn't have to face them. If we do, it's at least here in the Valley where they can uh, sweat a little bit.
1: Yeah, that's definitely for sure. Uh, Some other matches in the West that, uh, that, that uh, happened. Fresno got a four, nothing win over Seattle Sounders too. Sounders. uh, uh, Starting to hit the bottom. uh, Uh, bottom of their tank again uh, it was a six minute six minute goal from miguel aguilar but in that match two red cards uh one for julian busher from la galaxy one for francisco ugarte from uh from tulsa so uh definitely seeing a, a, a lot of red cards being displayed around the league this week uh, should make for an interesting uh uh discipline report that'll come out uh Later this week uh, from the league offices there, um, and then here's another interesting result that that kind of caught our eye. Uh, Vegas gets a 4-1 win over Colorado Springs, and Freddie Adu finally gets his first uh, in a Las Vegas Lights uniform, and his first uh, in the USL, uh, in front of about 5,700 in El- in Las Vegas.
0: Yeah, good good for him. Um, I think the reason the crowd was a little bit lower than most of their matches as the Vegas Knights were in the Stanley Cup Finals on Saturday, so I'd imagine a lot of people were watching that. But Freddie Aduke, just kind of a scrappy goal. I think he headed it in. And there was another funny moment from this match. The Vegas goalkeeper dribbled the ball past midfield in the 80th minute. They were up 2-0 at the time. I don't know what he was thinking. It was like a free kick, but I guess no one was marking him, so I mean granted I've done this like maybe once or twice in small goal, but it's it's one, it's small goal, and two, not when you're ahead in the match, maybe when I'm when we're losing by multiple goals and you just need something. But this guy goes into the opposing half, loses the ball, and then one of his defenders has to just give like a hard yellow card tackle to stop them, or else who knows, they probably score, but um kind of kind of a fun match. Uh, lots of goals, and that keeps him on the fringes of the playoff hunt. Apparently, they also have an, a uh, DJ in their locker room, a live DJ <laughs> in their locker room. <laughs> they They spun it as the first USL franchise, first pro sports franchise with a live DJ in their locker room. This team is ridiculous. They literally... What's something that's never been done before? Okay, let's do it. Like I'm, I'm betting in, in two weeks they'll probably like all uh, jump out of a plane together, and they'll be like first USL franchise to jump out of a plane at the same time, <laughs> all twenty five.
2: Yeah, you're right, Dominic. It, it seems like they're just trying to, uh, to build a parody around this team almost. And I mean it. I think that. <laughs> They're probably the first team to have a DJ in their locker room at halftime for a good reason because I think most of the time the uh the staff is trying to communicate with the players and then that's probably not so easy with music in the background so
1: <laughs> Yeah, that's definitely for sure. Uh, uh they've, you know, first team to be uh involved with the pot dispensary and now the first team to have a live DJ in their locker room. <laughs> What's next for this club? I mean, <laughs> find out on August 18th when we go there. Yeah, yeah. Yep, definitely for sure. For sure. They'll, they'll probably so. bring
0: those pre-match, the pre-game ceremonies from the Stanley Cup finals to our match or something.
1: Yeah, definitely. Yeah. <laughs> so, well, that brings us to the Western Conference standings uh, for this week. Uh, no surprise again. Still Real Monarchs at the top. 28 points off of 12 matches played. It's Phoenix rising in second 24 points off of 13 matches with a plus 11 goal differential. And it's Sacramento Republican third at 24 points with a plus four goal differential. Then you get the fourth. It's Portland Timbers two at 23 points off of 13 matches. Orange County is sixth with 20 points in 12 matches. Uh, Reno also at 20 points in sixth with uh, 13 matches played. Swope, Goes to seventh now with the loss, uh, 19 points and 12 matches played. And currently occupying the eighth spot is Colorado Springs uh, with 17 points off of 14 matches played. Then you get to the bottom half of the table, it's San Antonio in ninth, 17 points off of 12 matches played. It's St. Louis in tenth with 17 points off of 13 matches played. 11th place is Fresno with 15 points off of 13 matches. LA Galaxy has moved up to 12th now after their last three matches with two wins and a draw. They now sit at 13 points off of 13 matches played. It's Las Vegas lights in 13th, uh, 13 points off of 11 matches played. Rio Grande Valley just seems to like playing this uh this draw roll, five straight draws. They're sitting in 14th with 10, 10 points off of 11 matches played. Poor RGV. It, they have a minus
0: one goal differential,
1: and they're in 14th position. <laughs> go go figure that one out. Uh, it's, it's Seattle Sounders, two in 15th place at eight points off of 11 matches played and occupying the last two spots again this week. Uh, Oklahoma City in 16th seven points off of 12 matches and 17th Tulsa roughnecks seven points off of 12 matches played. Uh, like you said, Dominic, you look at Rio Grande only a minus one different, only a minus one differential goal wise. And they're sitting in 14th place with 10 points. But then again, five straight draws will kind of do that to you. Um, the other interesting thing that you know catches your eye, the best team going right now uh, in the West is Reno uh three wins two draws in their last five matches that's obviously a, you know a, a huge jump for them to go up to sixth place they were sitting down 12th 13th you know a few weeks back and now all of a sudden they're sitting on 20 points in sixth place they're kind of they're kind of start starting to hit that that run again kind of like they did last year where they had the slow start and now they're picking it up again is
0: 2018 Reno the 2017 Reno Tune into the USL show to find out. Uh,
1: That is for sure. Uh, Let's get into some league news. Here's the biggest one that I I held off on this intentionally because I want to get your guys' thoughts on this. Uh, And it deals with the best team in the league, the Real Monarchs. I don't know if you guys saw the story earlier this week. Uh, Head coach Mark Briggs uh, was uh, arrested last week. Uh, involved with a domestic violence issue that uh, not only involves him but also involves the real, also involves the Real Salt Lake, you know, hierarchy in the fact that the club tried to use sixty thousand dollars to pay off Briggs's wife so that she wouldn't say a thing and go away, and now it's really sparked a big, huge issue. Uh, Not only with the club, uh, the league has taken notice. They issued a statement last week saying that they're, they are actively involved in investigating the whole situation. Um, I don't know if you'll see Mark Briggs back on the bench for the real Monarchs again at all this year, but, but boy, this has spiraled into something really ugly over there.
2: Yeah, it has. I, I actually read about it. I think it was the Salt Lake Tribune is what I read it in. Um, yeah, I mean it it was kind of a surprise to me and yeah, how when you read how RSL gave him that 60,000 to to give to his wife and they I mean they've admitted to that, you know, when you see that kind of, you know, sweeping under the rug type of type of tactic from them. It's not always what you like to see, but um I mean, I think that now that this has been highlighted and the league's eyes are on it, I think you know, no matter what the situation, hopefully justice will be served. And you know, no whether we see Mark Briggs again or not, I think you know that's probably more likely we don't. But um, I mean, from from a real monarch standpoint, it's it's I mean, it's tough for them because you know they've been flying so high and they have a coach who's who's you know allowed them to perform so well. Um, I wonder what we'll see if we'll see a, a drop off from them. I I kind of don't think so. I think that they just have the squad depth. And I think that it's their system that works best for them more than anything. But yeah, I mean, that kind of, I mean, not the, not the biggest news story, but an interesting one. That's for sure. Jeff. But I am glad to see that the USL has gotten involved. Um, I mean, I think this is, this is something where they need to, and hopefully they make the right decision.
0: Yeah, it's, um, I was not aware of this story, but looking at it now, that's a, pretty nightmarish situation i think the team even if even if um mark briggs is not found guilty of the charges uh which include trying to tamper with his girlfriend the witness um the team it would be a pr nightmare if you don't just let him go um and they they already have decided to uh promote jameson uh olav he's an assistant coach with the club um, Briggs is already going to be suspended indefinitely and we'll see if it becomes a permanent suspension or not. But I, if I was in the position there, I think you just have to let him go, um, just to avoid a PR nightmare. Um, that, and that's all there really is to it. I mean, he'll have due process by the law, but
1: you know, yeah, yeah, he definitely, he definitely will. That's for sure. Um, the other interesting news of the week: Zach Lubin gets save of the week uh, this week. I remember seeing earlier in the week he was not doing very well as far as uh, the percentages, and obviously the votes kind of turned in his direction uh, later on in the week, and 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 actually ended up winning the honor. So, you know, hats off to Zach Lubin for that great save last week that earned him uh, save of the week honors.
2: Yeah. It was there. I mean, and that's honestly looking back now. I think had those saves came earlier in the match, you know, maybe those were the spark that could have, you know, encouraged our boys to get back into the match and maybe eke out a one-one draw. Um, it's just a bummer that those saves came so late on. And I mean, but great for him to be able to to keep it one 0 still. And you know, uh, you know, it was friendly to our goals against average for sure.
0: Yeah, um, if you just look at the saves themselves, very nice technique. Um, I guess maybe because of us being disappointed with the general effort of the team and uh, maybe with that one play earlier in the match, uh, we weren't appreciative enough of the double save at the time. But if you go back and you just look at the save itself, it's pretty impressive. I
1: thought it was. Uh, Any other news, guys, that we need to talk about this week?
0: Not really a big news thing, more of a small thing, but uh, check out Mickey Lopez from San Antonio FC. He had some custom-made cleats against uh, Timbers 2 on Saturday, Texas-themed, and you got to check them out. There's a Whataburger logo on the cleats, and then on, I think on one of the cleats, there's the Whataburger logo, and... On the other one, it says, uh, y'all can go to hell, I'll go to Texas or something like that. Or I'll stay in Texas. Uh, And they were just really cool. And especially at the USL level, you don't see custom-made cleats very often. But those were well done and very neat to see. And Lopez is a Texas native, so it, it makes sense.
2: Yeah, I I didn't see that, but I mean that's that's cool to hear about. It's, like you said, especially in a in the second division, it's not it's not going to be as common. But um, I mean, good for him showing his local pride, and you know maybe we'll see that uh, here in Phoenix soon.
0: I don't know what an Arizona custom cleat would look like though. Yeah, that I mean it it would be. I
2: mean I mean I don't know. You could go copper. You could go. You could put the flag on it, but what? Yeah, I don't know. What corporation you'd put on there? Car, <laughs> put Carvana on there. State 40. I don't know.
1: You
0: could do State. 48. Yeah, State 48. State 48. Could, 48 there you great. go. Hint, hint Evan Waldrop. <laughs>
2: yep, yep. But I was gonna say Evan Waldrop, and maybe get some of the other local sports teams or something. You know, that'd be that'd be sweet.
0: <laughs> hint, hint. Evan Waldrop's agent. If you're listening to this. <laughs> <laughs> um but yeah let's let's move on um what's the next topic here do we want to get into the uh opinions thread or do we have anything else first
1: yeah yeah let's get into the opinions thread i mean um I don't know if uh, those of you who listen to the Rising is One podcast happen to see it this week, but uh, over on uh, firebirdsoccer.net, we began a new forum page for you guys to talk uh, anything soccer. It doesn't just have to be airs, uh, Phoenix Rising related. It doesn't have to be related to any team in the state, although we do have uh, pages for every team in the state you know, that are currently playing in the professional levels, you know, to to talk about there. We can also talk about the league. You can talk about U.S. men's national team. You can talk about Major League Soccer. You can just talk about soccer in general. Um, but go sign up at firebirdsoccer.net. Uh, it's real simple. Uh, you know, you don't you don't need a Facebook sign in or anything like that. You can just sign in uh, just with an, a name and a password, a name and an email address and a password, and you're all good to go. And, uh, you know, w- want to try something different and see how it goes? And so far it's gone pretty well. I mean, we've had over 100 people sign up uh, just in the first few days alone, which is great to have. And uh, we can't wait to have more of you on there. And, you know, hopefully we'll put a, a Rising as One podcast uh, uh, page on there as well to, you know, you know not only keep you up to date with information on the show but we can also update you with information such as the you know the upcoming live event and, and places where we might be in the future and stuff like that so you know go check it out
0: for sure for sure um cool threads on firebird soccer and anyone can join just uh create an account if you don't have one already and there's some fun lively discussion um and maybe in a little bit more orderly fashion than like a Reddit Phoenix Rising or something like that. So, um, another thing we did, we did a few things with the Twitter account this week, especially the last couple of days without any soccer match. Got to keep people engaged somehow. Um, on Friday, we did a couple of polls that were stadium related, kind of going off of the uh, podcast that we did last week. And, Interesting results in these. Uh, Assuming no taxpayer money needed, what's your favorite rising MLS stadium idea? The majority said build build on the current land we have. Uh, That was 72%. Two people said uh, build a new stadium at the Chase Field site. Six percent said renovations to Chase, and no one thinks we should build somewhere else. Um, And then the other one was if the D-backs said let's do a land swap, you get Chase Field location, we get Salt River Land. How do you respond? For those who don't understand the background, maybe you're not a uh, Arizona resident or, you know, avid follower. The D-backs just modified their lease so that they can now leave Chase Field after the 2022 season and you know, I think a lot of people are thinking they are actively looking to get out of Chase Field and explore the options. And if that's the case, that downtown area could be a stadium option if Phoenix Rising gets MLS. And so we just gave this hypothetical question. How would people respond? 31% want none of it. They say, F off. 28% say only if there's soccer-specific stadium in downtown, so no chase field renovations. Uh, 41% say like it. More details, please which was definitely a twist because at the beginning, I think the only of soccer specific in downtown was winning.
1: Yeah, that's definitely interesting. I mean, to see it turn around like that to where 41% would say, you know, hey, give us more details. That That's quite interesting to hear. I mean, granted, obviously you're looking at four years down the road when that would happen, you know, assuming that Phoenix Rising – were to be awarded a franchise in say late 2018 or early 2019, obviously play for them doesn't start until let's say 2020, 2021 at, at the earliest we, we would be looking at. Okay. So now you're still back to the plan of, you, okay, if, Ch- if chase comes available in 2022, okay, you're still talking about playing at Sun Devil stadium for a year, maybe a year and a half to, to, uh, You know, to get the renovations complete at Chase Field, to do it that way. So yeah, I mean, I guess the thought process would still be there at that point. So, but you know, yeah, that that does surprise me that forty-one percent would say, "Hey, I'd like to see more details."
2: Yeah, I mean, it it was really surprising to me as well. But, but personally, I mean, I I kind of like the idea of a downtown um, stadium. I think MLS likes the idea of a downtown stadium. Um, I mean, as far as infrastructure, I think it's it's already existing, whereas surrounding the Phoenix Rising Soccer Complex right now, we all know there's not as much there. Even walking, you have to walk through either on the sidewalk or through the dirt. Um, and there's just not as many businesses as you would have downtown already, but I mean, I think either way, the ownership group is going to do what's right for this team. Um, it'll be interesting to see how this develops. The one thing I don't like is how it's kind of dependent on the Diamondbacks and whether they leave or not. They've they've been talking about Chase Field and how it's had these problems for years. I mean, whenever I go there, I don't see that it's one of the worst stadiums in baseball, but it kind of has earned that reputation. So it's, it's interesting to me, I think, no matter what, I mean, if... if phoenix rising were to move there they definitely would need to make renovations to make it soccer specific i don't think i don't think the phoenix rising fan base would be content playing soccer on a baseball field um we did that we experienced that at peoria and it it was okay but it just wasn't wasn't ideal you know so i think they definitely would need to renovate to make it a normal soccer based field but um i mean I, i definitely would like to see how it develops i think I mean, a renovation versus a whole new stadium build will no doubt be cheaper and would allow Phoenix Rising to maybe use that money elsewhere. Um, It'll be interesting to see kind of where this goes.
0: Definitely, and to see whether the... I mean, if I'm the D-backs, why not just stay in downtown? But, you know, their loss could be our gain is the way I see it. And I think a good example to compare to is atlanta because uh the atlanta braves played downtown for many years um at turner field but then they they decided you know what a lot of our fan base is out in the suburbs let's try to move to a place that's more uh friendly for that suburban fan base so they moved out to like gwinnett county and you know they have a nice new stadium there they get good attendance there too but there was kind of a void in downtown um Especially because, you know, the teams that are downtown, like basketball and I think football, only part of the year. So there's really nothing in the summer. Atlanta United comes in and they are just, they instantly took off faster than anyone could have predicted. And the scenes that you see from Atlanta, the marches to the field, uh, being able to do a little bit of tailgating, um, you know, being able to go to a lot of pubs right beforehand it's kind of united the city in a way that a lot of people weren't expecting. And like, I could see that situation happening if we were able to get downtown, like, okay, the D backs, if they choose to leave, that's our game. We could step in, fill that void and just potentially take off. Um, because I think you were saying it earlier, Kyle, there are so many more businesses downtown. You already have the light rail there which I think is a big selling point if we were to go MLS to not rely on just cars. I think they want to see public transportation options too. Um, and then any like light rail expansion to the Phoenix Rising soccer complex would be quite a battle um, politically and potentially legally. So I, w- I would like to just use the existing infrastructure. I mean... At the end of the day, we have that land, so we can do whatever we need to do. So we aren't dependent on the Diamondbacks to get their stuff together. But if they want to leave downtown, doesn't it seem to make more sense to take advantage of that? I, that's just where I'm coming from.
1: Yeah, I know. I agree with you completely. I mean, you know, who wouldn't like to see you know a whole bunch of people get on the light rail, come off, and you're going to land right in front of the stadium walk up to the stadium and do that you've got a, a you know a decent parking structure right next door on both sides of the stadium that can be used you know for the purposes of, of that i mean you know you're not you know you're not getting forty thousand people downtown to a baseball game now you're getting twenty five thousand people down you know for a soccer match it's going to make things a lot easier for fans to get there like you said you've got restaurants that are all in the area that that can be associated with this club. Everything's there and ready for you. All you've got to do is a little, like you said, a little bit of renovation. You've already got a great scoreboard that's sitting in there that can be used. You know, like I said, you rip out the pool because the pool is definitely really not a needed situation there. You change the seating arrangement slightly. I mean, you know, you, you know, if you end up taking out a few rows of seats somewhere, no big deal. You know, you reconfigure the dugout areas and stuff like that to make it work. I, I think it can all be done, and I think it would make for an excellent soccer stadium.
2: Yeah, I, don't, I, I didn't go on. I was just going to say, I think I think Atlanta was a great example, Dominic. I mean, we we've kind of seen that they've taken over that downtown Atlanta scene, and just the the community has bought into that franchise. So I think, I think that Phoenix Rising definitely has that potential if they, if they did try to uh, take over Chase Field.
0: Yeah, I mean, you would definitely want to see some pretty notable renovations because Atlanta, they don't play in a soccer-specific stadium, but they do play in a stadium where there are good sightlines for soccer, where it was built with football and soccer in mind. And so, if we were gonna not just demolish Chase Field and like build a new thing on that site, you'd want to see a uh, you know renovations that make the focus on soccer and make it a soccer first venue and make it feel, you know, like a good venue and not something that's just been kind of makeshift, you know. Just they're just trying to make the best out of a a rough situation, but you I mean you can see too maybe not the ideal atmosphere, but there's a pretty good atmosphere for NYCFC matches at Yankee Stadium. So it can be done.
1: Yeah, and with and you know with Yankee Stadium, the only difference there is, like you know, like you said, it's set for baseball right now when if if the Diamondbacks were to leave chase, And then let's say Phoenix Rising takes it over and and that's going to be the stadium of record. Obviously, you're going to want to make some changes and not make it look like a baseball stadium. You're going to want to make it look like a soccer place. And I'm sure they can do that. You know, you rip out certain areas, you add certain areas. You know, I I think you could make that an intimate enough venue and actually make it work.
2: Yeah, yeah, you're right, Jeff. And I mean, this ownership group. They showed it with this pop-up stadium that they built. They're about the soccer experience. So I think if this were to be the case, there's no doubt there would be those renovations to make it a soccer-specific field so that the fans could enjoy it as much as as uh, as much as the team.
0: One follow-up question, though, um, and I, I, I say this because a fan kind of asked the same question. Uh, he was asking, where are you guys coming with this downtown Phoenix stuff? Is it just something you guys were thinking of or is there more to it? And Jeff, you said last week that the city of Phoenix is courting Phoenix rising. Can you elaborate a little more?
1: Yeah, I mean, you know, Phoenix has kind of been felt left out on this whole situation of, you know, hey, why aren't you guys talking to us as far as, you know, for sites for a stadium? And so, you know, as of recent you know things that i've heard that the city had approached you know members of phoenix rising management and are trying to offer them some sweetheart land type deals to get them to to build their facility in phoenix so it makes you wonder if the diamondbacks are real you know they're really pushing to get out of chase and they're really pushing to go somewhere else if that somewhere else is either the land that currently sit that, that currently Phoenix Rising sits on, or if it's land closer to um, their spring training facility, you know out in the north part of Scottsdale, you know, I don't know how many people want to drive that far, okay? I'm not sure of that. Would people drive to where Phoenix Rising's facility is sitting right now? Sure they would, because that is becoming more and more like the epicenter of you know of town. So why not build if you're gonna build a, a baseball stadium that's gonna fit for everybody, you're gonna want it centrally centrally located. There's your plot of land. Okay, so maybe they're trying to to talk as well, but we don't see we don't know specifics as far as where does Phoenix Rising sit with the Bureau of Land Management? Where do they sit with with the Solano group? Where do they sit with with the Salt River Pima Indian you know reservation? We haven't really heard a lot of talk recently, you know, from the ownership group saying, you know, we're still on track to build in this facility. You know, we're still on track to build on this plot of land. There's gotta be something going on behind the scenes because you haven't heard so much lately. There's, there's gotta be some rumblings that, that something is up. And that's why, you know, when we talk about, you know, this chase field situation, you know, it's not only the thought of, well, Hey, you're going to have a building that's free in four years. Most likely it's, the city of Phoenix trying to trying to maybe do something behind the scenes to say okay we know they're leaving then we know they're gonna build a new facility here's an option and we want to you know I don't know if they've been approached yet as far as the chase field situation I will say that much but I mean if the city of Phoenix is talking to the club about giving them sweetheart land deals well there's a plot of land right there that already has something on it. So why not? Yeah. And I mean, uh, what,
2: what I've been saying has just purely been speculation, but um, I mean, that would be about as sweet of a deal that Phoenix could offer. And I think, I think the city of Phoenix has kind of taken notice of Phoenix rising. You know, I think that in the past as, you know, Phoenix FC and Arizona United, they maybe didn't have the brand recognition that Phoenix Rising is having now all throughout the Valley. So I think the city of Phoenix could see that, you know, this is a big team. And when MLS comes knocking, if they could have them in the city of Phoenix, you know, that'd be a huge win for them. So, um, I mean, I think that we'll just have to kind of see how this develops. It is interesting, as you said, Jeff, that we haven't heard as much from the Solana group or about the existing site that we're on. It's kind of been quiet on that front, so maybe there is uh, something happening behind the scenes.
0: And in any case, it will be fun to follow and we will share information whenever we get it. Um, but in the meantime, I think that's what we got with you know, Stadium Talk. Now let's go to... Uh, usually we do a supporter section segment, but uh, this week we did a unpopular opinions thread, kind of like the ones that have been going all over the place on Twitter lately. So we did a Phoenix Rising edition, and it it essentially functioned like a supporter section questions. Um, just a lot of comments. We got some good feedback, so we can just run through some of those uh, in lieu of supporter section questions. Do you guys have anything you want to hit before we go to that?
1: No, go right ahead.
0: Okay. No, let's get into it. So, I had a couple of these. I will save mine for later, though. Um, And we'll go through one at a time. The first one comes from Luis Yanez at Groovy Louie. He says, We let the best goalkeeper in the USL walk. Mind you, this is an unpopular opinions thread, so not everyone's going to agree with these statements. But Luis Yanez thinks... We let the best uh, goalkeeper we? walk. <laughs> I'm going to say no, but...
1: <laughs> yeah, no, I, I would agree with you. You know, I mean, Josh is a good goaltender. I mean take nothing away from what he's done for Sacramento to help them get where he's at. You know, there's a there's a whole slew of, of good goaltenders out there right now and Carl Wazinski is one of them. I mean, you know, Zach Lubin has has proven his worth as well. So I mean, you know, am I too worried about it? No, not really. I mean, you know, would I be worried in another year if we don't have a Carl Wazinski and we don't have an opportunity of, of having a Josh Cohen? Yeah, now I'm a little worried because, you know You know, I don't know that there is a next best goalkeeper out there. But, you know, that's just like I said, that's my that's my theory. So, yeah, I mean, I wouldn't say he's the best
2: goalkeeper in all the USL. One of the best. Yes, I will agree with that. Um, But I mean, I think I think with Josh Cohen, it was I mean, he had a great year and he was a great player. But I don't I kind of question if he ever felt at home here in Phoenix. He's a California native and he's only played professionally in California for the, what was OC blues and now the Sacramento Republic. So I think for him, he, he might've been looking to make a move back home. Um, But I mean, we, we've always had Carl Wazinski and I, I think Carl Wazinski could go uh, tit for tat with Josh Cohen about any day. I think they're both top goalies. So, I mean, I'm not really worried. Like you said, Jeff, if, if we end up losing Carl Zinski, then, uh, then some worries may to appear. But right now, I mean, I'm happy with our goalkeeping situation.
0: Yeah, I mean, last year it was nice to have Cohen and Woz. Uh, but the fact of the matter is they're both starting keepers. And, you know, it's tough to uh, have two like keepers that clearly deserve starting jobs. And try to make that work. So, uh, you know, maybe a difficult situation. But if you have to choose between Cohen and Waz, if it's a binary either or, I think the team probably made the right choice sticking with Waz because of what he's done for the community because he's been here a longer time. And he's still relatively young, too. He's around 30. So I think Carl still has a lot of time in a Phoenix Rising shirt if he wants that. So... Yeah, Cohen was a few years younger, but it's not like it's not like we're going with an aging veteran who's not going to be part of our future. Um, Carl Wozinski is very much a part of our present and I would imagine at least the next couple of years of our future. So and, and as far as best goalkeeper, okay, maybe top 10, but I think at the top it's really difficult to separate, you know, the top goalkeepers at this level. I think there's a lot of parity at that position. And maybe you have a couple standouts, but that can change year to year. So. Yeah,
2: it can. I mean, a goalkeeper is, you know, only as good as the defense in front of them, because, you know, if, if you're seeing an insane amount of shots, you know, sometimes those shots are going to get through. So it's, I think that, uh, it's, it's tough to say he's the top goalkeeper, but one of the top for sure.
0: Yeah. Um, next one comes from Pedro Gomez at the Guy in the G. I don't believe we're a super team, and I still have doubts about the interest the valley has on the team
1: i you have doubts on this team and its popularity around town um no <laughs> I definitely think you know look look at everything that this club has done in the last twelve months as far as just alone in sponsorship, you know you you get just sports on as as a as a huge uh, supplier of team supplies. You have uh, uh, you get what was it Four Peaks gets on and, and creates a special beer for the club. You know you got uh, Dan Size and Dairy that comes on this year, and now they're you know they're on milk bottles all over the place. You've got they just signed a deal this past these past 2 weeks not only with Hickman Hickman's eggs which is one of the most popular known brands of the state of Arizona but now you've got Venezia's pizza on board which has locations you know all over town i mean what this club has done in the last 12 to 18 months just as far as getting their name out there i mean they are all over the place now you know and i and i think it's only going to grow from here personally
2: yeah. And I mean, there's one you left out, Jeff. I mean, our collaborations with state 48, you know, a major sports clothing supplier here in the state of Arizona, you know, all the top sports teams have, uh, have shirts made by them. So, I mean, I don't, I don't really understand this question. I mean, if you followed this club through its many different brands, I mean, this is the most recognizable we've ever been. I mean, it, the Phoenix FC wolves, I, nobody knew who they were Arizona United. Even I would get asked by coworkers and friends. So what's this team? Where do they play? Are they even professional, you know, and, and now we're seeing, we're seeing billboards were televised on a uh, year Arizona for Cox cable. You know, we ha- we're on the radio. I've never heard of a radio broadcast of any Arizona soccer match before until this season. And as Jeff said, to, to be engaged with all of these local companies, I think, I think our popularity in the Valley is higher than it's ever been, and it's only growing more and more. I mean, Sam Dorr has just done amazing things since he's joined this group, and um, I'm just excited to see where we go from here.
0: Yeah, and you know, this is why it is an unpopular opinions thread, Um, not expecting us all to shake our heads and nod, like, yeah, definitely agree here. Maybe the first part, though, I can see. I don't believe we're a super team. Um, I mean, the players on paper are pretty impressive, especially getting some players international. But, I mean, once Drogba's gone, moving forward, I think we're just, I mean, we are, like, a good team. We're always going to be a good team as long as we're in USL and we have this ownership group. But, I mean, at least super team. I don't think a lot of us have said that we're a super team. And so maybe some people have that kind of expectation where our team should be like winning the USL Cup this season or like at least winning the Western Conference. And I don't know if that's very realistic. I don't have that super team kind of expectation. So on that front, I would agree. And I think just to play devil's advocate here, because Pedro I know has listened to our show for a while and comments sometimes, I think maybe his doubts are more along the lines of, do we have enough interest in the Valley to support this team if we go to MLS? Because we're selling out almost every game this season, um, but we also have an under 7,000 seat capacity. Some of these sellouts are getting above 7,000 with standing room only, but still, it's one thing to get that many people into a stadium. It's another thing to get you know, consistently... 20, 25,000, maybe 30,000 if we get to that MLS level. And I think where he's coming from is are we at that level yet? Maybe not. But we don't have to be at that level yet. What we are doing is getting as many brands as possible to partner with us so that every day, every week, we're getting more and more broad interest. I think if we had an MLS announcement, that would help tremendously. So I don't if we get MLS and say we start like 2021 or something, I think by the time 2021 started, the value would be buzzing about Phoenix rising on the same level as like, you know, the D backs, maybe not the same level as the D backs, but like at least, at least the interest of the coyotes,
1: probably more. So, yeah, uh, yeah, I, I agree with you. I, I agree with you there completely. I mean, you know, yeah, we know it's going to take a while. Yeah, it's a seven thousand seat stadium. We get that. You know, has it been talked that they were going to expand the stadium? Sure, it was, but they just they have decided not to do that yet. I mean, could that happen in future years? It could, you know. But I mean, all you have to do is look at um, look at what we do for international matches. And when you can bring in 30,000 people for an international match, you're telling me we can't bring in twenty five thousand people? You know, for People to see Zlatan even, even even you know, if Zlatan, if he comes to play with the LA Galaxy, could we do that? Sure, we could. You know, it's 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 all about name recognition out there And You know, when, when you're seeing the top names, you know, in MLS, you say, Oh, that's right, he's coming to town this week. I want to go see him, you know, see what he's all about. I mean, that's all it is. You know, it's big names coming here, and we know when big names come here, big draws come, and that's you know. You bring Mexico here for an international match, you bring sixty thousand people with them. It's all about the name. You bring a name with you and you're gonna fill a place up.
2: Yeah, that's a great point, Jeff. And I mean to to Dominic's point, yeah, maybe our attendance hasn't been in the twenty thousands, but not everyone's gonna do it the FC Cincinnati way. You know, not everyone's gonna be able to just get MLS on the that high attendance number, so I think Phoenix has taken a bit of a different perspective but Jeff's also right in that for international matches and when there is a a large draw here in the Valley for soccer we see large crowds come out and I think I think with Phoenix rising people are still skeptical given that they're, you know, division 2 and they haven't heard much about this team but it takes time to grow a brand like this and by by being able to see them in uh in your grocery stores and billboards and all over the valley i think that more and more people will take notice and say hey this is this is a reputable brand and we should go check it out so it, it may not happen as fast as some other teams have done it but i think that phoenix is on track
0: oh yeah it's it's been a word of mouth thing the the craziest thing for me was uh yesterday weird without a rising match. So I, I went with uh my girlfriend to the D game and people in the rows behind us, without prompting, like we were just sitting there and like a group of four people, Phoenix Rising came up just in their conversation. And, you know, just word of mouth, Yeah, um there's this team Rising FC. They've they just started last year, but um it's really fun. Like I've gone to a couple matches and you know, see their brand around. It would be really cool if they made MLS and played Salt Lake. Um, so people like already are at least aware of the team, even without us getting that MLS bid. And that was crazy. You, I couldn't imagine that last year, just completely unprompted hearing about Phoenix rising at a different pro sporting event. These people didn't talk about the Suns. They didn't talk about the coyotes. They didn't talk about um, the Cardinals, but they talked about Phoenix rising
2: Yeah, I mean, you've made a great point. And I mean, I, I have the same thing. I'll, I'll be even if I'm wearing like a Phoenix Rising shirt, someone will say, Hey, Phoenix Rising, I went to a match not long ago, it's, it's becoming a well known thing. And it has kind of just been through word of mouth. Um, but I mean, I think that marketing as well has been huge. You know, in the past, we didn't really see any marketing for the other brands of the Phoenix professional soccer team. So um, I mean, it's just been, it's been a great effort all around. And yeah, to, to see people talking about this team and talking about it in a positive way, it's, it's just been great. And I mean, it's, it's going to grow. It's just a matter of time.
0: For sure. Um, maybe going from that kind of a question to uh, maybe like a, a less big picture kind of one, um, this person who actually hasn't commented before, uh, I'm going to screw up this pronunciation. Natanoj Truok at Gali Bass, uh, with a couple comments. Didier Drogba makes Patrice look bad when he is dancing around the sidelines, yelling at the refs. Also, we're a poor defensive team. I don't know, that's a little pessimistic,
1: but do you think there's some truth to that? I don't know necessarily truth. I mean, to to the. I mean do we know they have some struggles on set pieces yeah i mean we're we're still a little at times skeptical about the play in the back so yeah the i wouldn't i wouldn't say i wouldn't say worried you know i would say you know cautious. i would say cautious might be a better word to use there you know about the defensive back as far as drogba i i don't think so i mean you know, Drogba does what Drogba wants to do, and, and you know, I don't think Carter owns worried one bit about what he does. And, you know, they're all trying to get on the same page, trying to do the same thing. So, I you know, to me, I, I think that one's a little far-fetched. Yeah, I mean, I, I think
2: Drogba's not only a player, he's also an owner. And I think some people sometimes forget that. Um, I mean, he... He does what he does. Like Jeff said, he's always been animated, and he's a huge personality. So, I mean, he's those things are going to kind of happen with him. Defensively, I, I wouldn't say we're poor. I think some of our mistakes may have been poor, but I think as a unit we're still pretty solid. I think the one thing that you know has maybe kind of created more mistakes has been a shifting tactically from a three to a four-man back line and back and forth. That may have caused some confusion with some of the players, but I mean, it's also, it's kind of been a trial period. We've been testing out our defense. So, I mean, I think it's still too early on to, to put that kind of criticism upon them.
0: I would agree. I think, I think, you know, maybe middle of the pack, a defensive team that hasn't realized its full potential is fair, but there's a difference between saying that and just saying we're downright poor. Uh, we've kept clean sheets we've limited teams, we frequently outshoot other teams and limit their opportunities on target. I don't I don't think you can look at the numbers this season and say that we are a poor defensive team. Perhaps we have some poor moments, but that's going to happen with almost any side. Um yeah, that that one does seem far-fetched. Um a couple a couple smaller ones. I think we covered the ones that I threw in there. I'd uh, rather see MLS in downtown than current spot. I think we kind of touched on that already. Um, and then inform Chris Cortez might be our best striker. I think we touched on that already as well. Um, do you guys have any unpopular opinions that you want to add to the mix before we go to closing thoughts? No, I think I'm good.
2: Um, I mean, no... No, I, I, the one thing I've been wondering is just what what is our midfield going to look like as Billy Forbes gets back to being healthy? Um, who who ends up having to kind of take a substitute role? Because we know somebody in the midfield is going to have to be, be uh, shifted out because I think once he's healthy, we need to start seeing him on the field. Uh, we just haven't seen enough from him so far this season due to injury, but definitely would like to see more from him coming up
0: yeah that's that's pretty fair. Um, I, I think we're good there. I don't I don't really feel like I have any that are well enough developed to add. so um, I think that's pretty good. Thank you to all who participated. Even if we didn't agree with you, we still appreciate the feedback and keep it coming. Yeah, yeah, it's good just to talk about the team. So closing thoughts. What do you guys have?
1: Well, you know, in closing, a good week for the boys. I mean, a, so- a strong, solid road win gets them some time off now to rest, relax, get healthy again. You know, hopefully we'll see Billy Forbes back on the field this week. Even if it's not a starting role, I'd love to see him come off the bench for, say, 20 or 30 minutes and get him a decent run to start. Obviously, you're getting into this stretch now where you're going to lose Didier Drogba. You may see Drogba... You know, in the next week or so, you, you know, you may see him play, whether if he doesn't play in the Saturday game, you know, against Sacramento, I would not be surprised if you see him the following week in like the midweek game before he leaves for, you know, for for his, his World Cup duties over in, in England. But, uh, you know, we got that kind of first must win kind of out of our out of our, our our systems now and now we can go back to focusing on our game you know and see you know what we can do going forward you know a big matchup obviously saturday night against sacramento you know you know a big huge you know rivalry game there you know we all like dom uh, like dominic said earlier and like kyle said earlier as well we tend to struggle when we go up to to sacramento we play tough games up there you know you know i i I look for just a solid effort from the boys you know you know i think even if they were to lose if they lose on let's say a late winner or something like that but play solid for the 80 70 80 minutes leading up to say a a late goal that they would give up you know I, i don't know that i would necessarily be as upset about that as if they were just to fall flat on their faces and not look good at all so yeah yeah i mean i i'm just I, i'm with
2: you jeff i think i mean a defeat would not be what any of us would hope for but i mean if they can make us proud and go out there and put out the effort that you know we mentioned they were lacking against sacramento and Swope. um that's really what we want to see i think that yeah this match is no matter what the result it's going to make that sacramento phoenix kind of playoff race tight but um I mean, I think there's still plenty of us time for us to earn back the points if we do lose them. I just, I just really want to see a good match. I, I want to kind of see a continuation of St. Louis. I'd like to see a quick start and not too many defensive errors. Um, yeah, I mean, I just, I think that this, this break is going to give us a great, great opportunity to uh, kind of just reset and hopefully the team's able to go out there and perform, whether is there or not. I mean, honestly, that shouldn't matter. We know that he's, he's going to be leaving eventually. So, I mean, we, we need to find a way to, uh, to get something no matter what.
0: Yeah, um, just awesome to see them play so well against a team that I think is pretty good. I do see St. Louis at the very minimum being like into this playoff race up into the last like two weeks of the season. Personally, I do think they're going to make top eight. Uh, I think they can pass Colorado Springs before it's all said and done. I mean, they're already right there with them, level on points. I think St. Louis is a better team than Colorado Springs. So I, I could probably see them getting in top eight. But regardless, to play so well and, you know, handle that team on a pretty decent night for them. Like, I think that speaks a lot of volumes about the resiliency of this team. Um, not wanting to make losing a habit and coming back and getting this big win and setting ourselves up very well for the summer months because you guys are right. Even if we do lose to Sacramento, we have some very favorable games coming up. Our next matches are going to be versus Las Vegas versus Tulsa at RGV versus Orange County. uh, And then in July at Fresno versus Seattle. Then we play at Monarchs on July 28th. So really no matches against these top, top sides for a while uh, after this Sacramento match. And especially with Vegas, Tulsa, RGV as our next three, and then Orange County at home too, there's a chance to really rack up some points here. So, um, you know, credit to the guys for their strong efforts at the start of the season and really just winning the games that we're supposed to win because it's put us in a great position moving forward. One other thing too, um, just a reason to be excited in general because, you know, the team is starting to come together, starting to show its potential and I just excited to see, uh, our show start to come to its potential with the live show coming up in a couple of weeks and with t-shirts being ready to go in a couple of weeks. So, um, should be cool. I will miss next week's podcast, but I will be back in two weeks. So exciting times. All right. Is that, is that it for you guys?
1: That's it on my end.
2: Yeah.
0: Yeah. I mean, like you said, Dominic,
2: really exciting times and, uh, you know, great time to be a Phoenix rising fan. I mean, I, like you said, we've we've really started the season off strong. We've we're at our highest uh, points total at this point in the season ever. So you know, just
0: keep building from here, and uh, yeah, we should take advantage of these matches for sure. Well, at this point, I think that's all we got for this week. Thank you for listening, and as always, go rising.
1: Go, go rising. rising.
0: We'd like to thank our sponsor, Roughneck Scarves. Roughneck Scarves is the official scarf supplier for MLS, USL, and US soccer. So be sure to go to roughneckscarves.com and get some of their products. We hope you enjoyed the show.